Good evening, Crypt Keepers, and welcome to Cryptique. I'm joined, as always, by my co-pilot on this journey through the universe. Ryan, what's going on? No jokes? No jokes today, no. I I don't usually do jokes when we have a guest because I don't know if they'll find my jokes tasteful, and I don't want that to be a representation (laughs) of what they're about, so... Well, I think as we'll see, the guests have a pretty good sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Pretty pretty lighthearted folks. But I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm glad that everything uh, worked out. We had some people working next door today with saws going all day. And I'm like, yeah, you guys, man, you've been working hard today. Do you just take the day off and hey, you, you deserve you know, come to go back home. tomorrow? but uh, they got done what they needed to get done i guess so that's good all right well you want to tell them what they need to know yeah you guys know the drill if you want to help us out the best thing you can do is share the show and let it spread naturally but if you want to help us fight the algorithm you can interact with it on your podcast platform really it seems like any interaction helps put it in front of more people so if you want to rate it you can rate it if you want to leave a comment you can just say hey buddy Whatever you want to put in there, it probably doesn't really make that much of a difference, to be totally honest. But That's it would true. help if you put something that's constructive. Or if you want to tell us something, like maybe which of our guests you found most helpful in your everyday life, since a lot of the guests that we have on here offer advice or almost self-help type tips. You can let us know mm-hmm. about that at crypticpodcast at gmail.com. You can check out what we're selling at crypticpodcaststore.com. And now you can donate to our Keep the Lights On Fund through Buy Me a Coffee. Perfect. Couldn't have said it better myself. And let's get on with tonight's show. Tonight, we welcome Dr. Nicole and Michael Sebastian to the show. Psychologist Nicole Sebastian and sociologist Michael Sebastian use the unique tools of dreams, sound, intuition, and quantum physics to provide guidance. They work with dreams and spirituality to help bring people clarity and navigate stressful times. They say dreams can provide us with a natural form of guidance, and they have a two-step method to decode them. The Sebastians run a mystery school which offers tools for people to cultivate their inner awareness, and they'll teach us a simple breathing exercise to combat stress, anxiety, and more. They've written several books, including One Step Therapy, Just Say Hugh, The Universal Panacea for All That Ails You, and Sociology of Soul, A Spiritual Wake-Up Call, and Trust Yourself, Master Your Dreams, Master Your Destiny, and the website is onestepptherapy.com. That's the number one, steptherapy.com. Dr. Nicole and Michael, welcome to Cryptique. Hey, thanks for having us. Hey, good to be here. Well, we're excited to have you guys on. Now, we did just do a little intro there, but could you tell the listeners where they can follow along while listening to tonight's show? We encourage people to, you know, hit up your website and kind of follow along as we go. We feel like it brings them a more complete picture. Right on. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, www.onesteptherapy is a good way to go or nevergetblindsidedagain.com. And even our Instagram page is nevergetblindsidedagain.com. Yeah. And uh, we got little tips, all kinds of stuff. The free newsletter, you know, anything of of that sort that they can uh, check out, you know? Perfect. All right. Well, can you tell us a little bit about your background, how you met, and what sent you on this journey? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'll just jump right in here. Um, Dream signs and intuition. It started long ago in my early 20s. And, uh, you know, I was looking for guidance, looking for answers. Actually, the first thing that ever occurred, I was ghosted by by a guy back in the day. This is before cell phones. This is before <laughs> internet. This is just house phones only sure. back in the 90s. And um, dating a guy, you know, and New Year's came and went. And we were like, you know, hooking up daily you know, and, um, he was going to pick me up for new year's, you know, to go to go out, go to a party and whatnot. And -hmm. new year's came and went and he never showed up and I've never spoke to him again. I've never spoken to him till this day. And we're talking what, um, I don't know, almost 30 years. Cause I've been with Michael 28 years now, which we'll get to in a minute. But anyhow, I was so distraught. I was really messed up. 
I mean, crying for four days, like, oh my God, what happened? Did he die? Is he in the hospital? No, really, Nicole, it's like the guy just didn't want to see you anymore. <laughs> but anyway, but the, here's the thing. I was distraught and yearning and messed up. And then I had a dream. And in the dream, it was him with his kids walking hand in hand, walking in the other direction. Okay. And so when I woke up, I knew I knew what had gone on. He got back with his family and was headed in another direction, literally. That's why his kids were in the dream hand in hand, walking the other way. So it answered my distress call. It answered, you know, what was going on and what was the problem. And, and uh, it showed me what I needed to know so I could get on with life, relax, and, and gave me an answer that I thought was unknowable. And mm -hmm. so bottom line, that's how the whole thing kicked off for me. And then using dreams and signs with other dire straits that I was in and dilemmas. But let's fast forward just a year. And Michael and I met outwardly. And I'm going to let Michael take it from here. All right. Yeah. My, uh, my experience was much better. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I didn't have anybody ghost me. No, no. Uh, had a, I was teaching uh, college sociology. Mm -hmm. um, in Texas University. And uh, one night I had a dream. And at the time, I, I kind of saw dreams like most people see dreams. You know, it's just a dream or sure. we all have dreams. So what? Um, are they prophetic? Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Anyway, mm. I had a very vivid, clear dream, very clear dream. Um, and in the dream, uh, there was a girl in the dream named Nicole, which is my, you know, my wife now, mm -hmm. and she had brown eyes and, and blonde hair. And she even had a certain dress on in the dream. And since I woke up and it was clearly on my mind, I, I jotted the whole dream down Sure, and uh, put it away. And I had stacks of journals that I had started writing stuff in them and dreams and flash forward about three years. So three years passes. I'm still teaching college sure. sociology. And who walks into into my sociology class? None other than the dream girl, Nicole. And did I remember the dream at the time? No, but, you know, give me a break. It had been three years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I started having, uh, after seeing Nicole the first time, I started having deja vus. Like, wow, I've been there before. I've experienced this before. Mm -hmm. And... Um, the class ended and several months passed and N Nicole uh, saw me in the hallway, headed to class one day and she said, hey, remember me? And I said, yeah, yeah, student, right, I remember. And she asked me out to lunch and I, I figured she uh, probably wanted a reference letter for graduate school. It was It's pretty common <laughs> a lot of students ask their professors for that. Sure. So we went to lunch and I said, so what can I do for you? And Nicole said, I, I thought we could date. <laughs> I, I said, excuse me. <laughs> I said, surely you're dating. I mean, you're, you know, you're hot. You're, you know, you're, you're intelligent. Obviously, you got an A in my class. So anyway, we started dating. And uh, within, uh, within three months, we were engaged. Within nine months, we were married. And that's when the deja vus really started happening for me. Um with the dream to where eventually I went back and found the dream in the journal. And what was really interesting is not only was her name, Nicole, and she was studying to be a personal trainer, which was in my dream written down there, but hmm. also the dress, <laughs> which I had, I had uh, talked about in the dream was the same dress she had worn in, in my class. And, uh, that's when I realized, for me, dreams were very, very, very important. They give me a snapshot of what's coming and how my life's going to take a 180-degree turn. Mm -hmm. And the dream was showing me, hey, we're going to give you a three-year a three -year window on this, so pay attention. So mm -hmm. you, you'll, you'll know it when, it when it arrives. So it was, it's extremely important. It changed my whole perspective on the way I see dreams. So let's talk about, you have a modern day mystery school, which is just a, a fascinating title. Uh, can you tell us about 
you know, what you, what you call the school and how you help people? Yeah. Divine Guidance Institute and Wellness Center. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we also, um, you know, since I'm a therapist or psychologist, you know, sessions, your, your legitimate mental health as well. But modern day mystery school long ago, that's all they had were, were mystery schools. Um, there's historically speaking. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, those things typically turned, they went away, they went underground and then, you know, churches started and this type of thing. But anyway, we realized it's all about divine guidance, whether whether one's faith or lack thereof, even the atheist dreams every night. And what we have found is that those three tools, dream, signs, intuition, they're universal to the human state. They're, uni- they're universal that way. And if you actually track the data, you'll, you'll be provided with this profound, perfect guidance. And, you know, it was through years of like of working with this and experimenting and, and working with clients and tracking data and seeing seeing the outcomes that we we really um, decided like, hey, we need to um, to take this to the next level and offer this as a service for for clients, because it's it's like the. Um, the 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 thing before the thing, in other words, like. Trust yourself doesn't tell you what to do. It tells you how to know what to do. Perfect. Like Michael was mentioning, you know, should I move or should I take that job? But it's in all areas, you know, should I get the vaccine? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and a case in point, you know, one person gets the vaccine and it's fabulous. Another person gets the vaccine and they have a, a poor outcome. And we are that individualistic that that's why divine guidance or universal guidance. Divine merely means a higher form. It doesn't mean God sure. necessarily. Just that higher form of guidance. And and we're that individualistic that it's not like the right thing for all people. And so when you take it to the next level and use those three tools, you know, um, you are gently guided and and you'll never be blindsided, that's for sure, because you'll be warned ahead of time gently. <laughs> so it softens the blow type of thing. And um, we just felt it was imperative to get this out there. Michael? Yeah, divine guidance really, uh, as far as modern-day mystery schools, Plato had one, Socrates had one, Pythagoras, the Pythagorean theorem. He had a school called the Blue Star School. Mm -hmm. And really what they all taught on the DL, really, they kept it, you know, Plato called it religious science. You know, so it has has a cultural appeal. Sure. You have to put it in the terms for the people. Right. So they can kind of accept it. But they were the esoteric things like, you know, what's going on in your dreams? What are you feeling inwardly when you ask a question? Not outwardly what somebody's telling you or some book is trying to tell you, but inwardly, does it feel right? What's your intuition telling you? That's that's one of the main tools of uh of a uh, modern day mystery school and it handles the inner what's going on inwardly as opposed to what's going on outwardly around us because the real truth always comes from the inner to the outer. Mm -hmm. It's like, how do we make things happen? How do we manifest things? Well, we have an idea inwardly, you know, in our head. And then at the same time, we have a vision or a visual of that occurring and we hold that inner vision. And eventually, if we hold it long enough, it materializes outwardly. And that's the process. It never really goes from the outer to the inner. It always goes from the inner. It flows mm-hmm. to the outer. And that's the some of the things that modern day mystery schools uh, teach. And what's really cool about it is we all have it. We all have it within and all we need to do is pay attention and access it and uh most people don't because they're too distracted sure but uh that's that's kind of what we teach in our our books uh the ones ones the four books that we wrote why do you guys think that we as a civilization if you could call us that got away from that to begin with because it seems like that was a tool maybe that was used a long time ago and then now it's like no just go get a pill and it'll tell you what to do we'll find out after a quick break 
Welcome back, Crypt Keepers. Right, right, right. You know, well, you've got the lazy factor and the distraction factor. And you've also got, you know, when we were little, oh, it's just a dream, honey. Go back to bed. We were all taught that (laughs) when you're little. It's like, so I just think ignorance. It's really ignorance. And people slowly got away from from the things that really um, provided, you know, the unparalleled guidance, if you will, and direction. And uh, yeah, lazy, distracted, and, and control also. Nice. Okay. Outer sure. uh, outer religions. We won't mention any specific religion, but you know the major religions sure, in the world. Sure. Um, they 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 know that if you've got the inner truth and you can follow that, well, what do you need them for? What do you mm-hmm. need to go to a church to genuflect to do? you know, put a prayer rug down for three days or, you know, you don't need to do any of that because you got the truth within you. And like, like you mentioned, uh, thousands of years ago, every civilization, I don't care which one you mention, they all considered dreams extremely important from Alexander the great to all the Roman emperors. They all consulted their dream oracles Mm -hmm. To see, oh, well, should we fight that battle? Should we back up? What, what do we need to do? What is what is my dream telling me? Sure. And then all that went away at some point because the organized religions came into prominence and they taught you need to turn to us, not yourself, because if we use ourselves, why do you need them? So there mm. it is. Yeah, a lot of if you ask a lot of people. They'll say dreams are of the devil. Ah, mm. and so it's just so interesting because if you track that that guidance, like we said, it's the proofs right there that it's um that it's just not you know. So so yeah, it was actually Saint Jerome long ago. Saint Jerome started this whole thing that the negativity of the dreams. He was ordered to do so or instructed to do so back in the day. Um, hmm. And and there you go. <laughs> yeah, he was he was next in line. If you track, go back and do research on it. Jerome was right one of the right hands of the Pope at the time, and uh, he was next in line to become the Pope. And when he translated the uh, the Bible, the old Hebrew Bible, into Latin, uh, he was told to uh, put a negative spin on dreams because they wanted yeah. to step away from that where people had insight and could control their own lives to where outwardly it, they they could control it, the organization could. So that's where Jerome's the one who put, he did all the translation. Yeah. He put a negative spin and said, dreams are really possibly of Satan. And then for almost, I don't know, 1700, 1800 years, <laughs> they were, everyone disregarded dreams until, you know, Freud, Adler, Jung, Gestalt, those guys brought dreams back one more time into prominence. Now, suddenly people are starting to pay attention to dreams again. We're getting a lot more uptick in our um, calls coming into us about sure. dreams. Sure. Now, these are not extremely difficult steps to follow either, right? I mean, it's a pretty simple thing that you guys have laid out. Oh, it's so simple. And we do that intentionally because, you know, if you look up uh, certain things, you know, a 10 step process to interpret your dream or five steps, it's like, no, 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 no. It's really word association. And what was on your mind yesterday? It's that simple. So dream dictionaries, let let us, uh, you know, say this to the listeners, Mm -hmm. dream dictionaries, not, not great because, you know, if I dream of water and you dream of water and, and you love scuba, and I, you know, uh, can't, you know, man. had, uh, had an accident or something with the water, sure. you know, almost drowned. May the blessings be that didn't happen, mm-hmm. but nonetheless, you know, water in a dream for you means, you know, exuberance and fun. And for me, it terror and, and negativity. Right. So a dream journal is not going to know the difference between who the reader, do you know what I'm saying? Sure. So sure. yeah. Um, uh, your own word association and uh, what was on my mind yesterday. And it's just that simple. Do you have any dreams, um, recent dreams? We could do one if you've got one. Well, you know, I've, I've had the intent 
the past couple nights. I, I know that's important that when you're, you know, you're getting ready for bed, you say, I'm going to dream tonight. I'm going to dream tonight. And I have a journal by my bed and I, I either, well, I, I guess I can't remember them. I, I think that everybody dreams every night, but I couldn't recall any of them. Do you have any recent ones, Ryan? <sighs> my dreams are always a little bit weird. This one's probably less weird than most. I dreamt that Kim, my fiance and I went to, we're supposed to go to a restaurant for dinner. Mm -hmm. And instead of a restaurant, it was this old mansion. And the further you go into the mansion, the more decrepit and abandoned it seems. But the concierge like type person, because it was apparently like a bed and breakfast and restaurant and whatever else. But the main guy was uh, Jason Hawes. I think his name is from Ghost Hunters. <laughs> and it was just, just seemed like a really random dream to me. I think it, I suspected it was because I had watched some paranormal shows as people like Jay and I are like to do mm -hmm. before I went to sleep. And then my sleep was interrupted. I don't remember if I dreamt anything in the earlier part of the night, but I woke up around six and fell asleep for another maybe 45 minutes and mm -hmm. I had this really odd dream and it's like usually I dream about I don't know superheroes or things that are so bizarre it's you know yeah I can clearly connect it to well I played this video game or I read this book or whatever but this one was just strange in a sort of a different way <laughs> right, right well let me just start by saying um that's a big misconception is, oh, I dreamt that because I was watching that on TV. I saw that before bed. It was on my mind that way. Played the video game type of thing. And then we disregard it. But let me say, every dream has a message. There's always a message, even though it might be related to the TV show or the video game. But that's because, as Michael mentioned, the inner and the outer, everything is connected. So it's not like it happened because of, but it happened in addition to, um, and there's always a message. And I know Michael's chomping at the bit right now to, to th lay down, uh, an interpretation, Michael. <laughs> no, maybe, maybe you are your own superhero. So, you know, that's, that's a good spin on the dream. Um, hmm. we're all, we're all striving to be our own superhero, uh, in our own ways, um, and, you know, I've, I've never, this is just me. I've never believed in role models. I have no role models. There's a movie called Molly's Game. It, true story. She started a poker game anyway. Biggest one in, in, on the planet. But uh, when she was 12, the dad was interviewing her. And she said, I have no role models because when I achieve my goals, I, I become my own role model. And I thought, wow, does that nail that, it? Does that nail it? Yeah, but back to the dream, the ancient you said it was like a mansion, right? Mm -hmm. You walked in, it was a bed and breakfast, but as you went further, it was decrepit. Isn't that kind of mm -hmm. where we, what we're, yeah. Right? And you were yeah. with your fiance or girlfriend. Yes. Yeah. We, you guys definitely beat us to the punch on your engagement and marriage. We've been engaged for like three years because of the pandemic. We just never could get our families together. Mm -hmm. uh, so we, we skipped the marriage part so far. We've already got a child and everything, but. <laughs> oh, cool. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what day did you have the dream? Like two days ago or a week or? No, last night. Oh, last night. Oh, wonderful. Okay. You were watching. I dream, the show. I dream very often. That's fabulous. Once you start tracking your dreams, in other words, you log them with a date and you give them a one-liner interpretation, then you go back quarterly and review, you're going to be blown away at all the prophecy and the guy, oh, wow, wow, wow. But anyway, back to the dream. Okay, so key question, what was on your mind the day before? Aside from watching, you know, this or that show, but what was on your mind? And, and maybe, um, you know, and it's we have like 20,000 fleeting thoughts a day. So it, it's, it, you know, you might not be able to pull it but um primarily i think issues with my i i've i own a business and I, I think issues with my accountant and my lawyer and just general problems that i've been having and kind of wanting to get out from under all of it and just move on and not dedicate so much time to it mm -hmm. which i think probably a lot of business owners experience at one point or another mm -hmm. sure 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 and um, what were you guys doing? Just walking through the house in the dream? Yeah, they were they were just walking 
I guess back getting deeper and deeper into this uh, old mansion and realizing that it's kind of falling apart as they're. Mm-hmm. Oh, you just said it. it. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you just said it. Oh, wow. Falling apart. He was just talking about the business. You just said falling apart. It's falling apart. There you go. His, his guidance from that dream is to follow his gut mm-hmm. and, and break free. Yes, before it gets any worse. That's why as they're walking through the house, it was getting worse, more decrepit or deteriorating or however. Uh, Yeah, it represents an old old state of consciousness mm -hmm. that is no longer needed, hence falling apart, decrepit, old burnout mansion that, you know, it's done with. It's time yes. to move on is what yeah. the dream's telling yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, because the further he went, the longer he stayed, it just got worse and worse and worse. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You're going to have to share this with him, okay? I will, I think. Are you back on, Ryan? I am. I don't know what happened. The audio just cut out. I heard what you've said for about the last minute and a half, though, maybe two minutes. Okay. okay. Actually, your buddy there said it. He goes, because uh, he was refreshing us on a part of the dream, one of the segments, part of the dream, rather, and... um. He's like, yes, and the house is like falling apart. But he, you know, it's like bingo because of of the job, the you know your your business and the things that you just shared. It's like it's falling apart, and then it just made sense. You're walking through, and it's decrepit and deteriorating. It's like the further you go, the longer you're there. Type of thing. It's getting worse yeah. and worse and worse. And Michael mentioned as a house a state of consciousness. Yeah, and, uh, it's time for something new. Mm-hmm. That's that's the overall oh, spin on the dream. Yes, thing. and goes back to following your intuition or your gut. Again, there's always a message, and it's it's to follow that guidance. Uh, it's really a confirmation dream. Like, yes, it's time to get out. Bottom line. Boop. <laughs> so, uh, well, that makes sense. Is there any significance into uh, Jason? Uh, Hawes or, or whatever the ghost hunter guy's name is, or is that just somebody it, yeah. that is there to, uh, I guess, be a part of it? Well, um, word association, when you think of him, what comes to mind? Like, okay, I'll just throw stuff out there. Like, oh, he's, he's my role model. Or I think I want to have a show and be it, it to, you know, emulate what he's got going on his gig, or I think he's, he's right about some stuff and not all things or like, what do you, what do you get with word association with him? I generally don't think of him. I did see him when I was flipping through Netflix or whatever service it was the other night. And one thing I do think of with some of the stuff he's been doing lately is that he's kind of getting back into making shows again. And it must be, I mean, you could be cynical and say it's because he's out of money from the original Ghost Hunters. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But you might say it's because he's doing something he's interested in. And to be honest, what you're saying does resonate because it's no longer fun to work 17 hours a day and, you know, not really feel like I'm making any progress. There are parts of it I really like and there are parts of it that I could keep doing. I could keep being part of the lives of my employees and you know, the people that I've enjoyed knowing through this, but not necessarily having to make that huge time commitment that just seems to go on and on, kind of like the house mm-hmm. in the dream. Hey, you just nailed it when you said you were talking about him and you mentioned, you know, maybe he's back at this just because of the money thing, money's running out. And and then you stumbled on, in your words, you were saying how, you know, you don't want to stay there just to stay there for the sake of this, that, or the other. That's why he was in the dream. He represents really the, your your business itself and making a decision and, again, trusting your gut and making the right choices and not staying just for the money and not, you know, maintaining it, not staying rather, but maintaining it just mm-hmm. for the money or just for this reason or that reason. That's why he was in your dream. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts about him with the ghost hunters. Like, I wonder if he's coming back just for the money. The money ran out. <laughs> and you're having trouble with your accountant, you said. So, bingo. Doop. There we go. Oh, Ryan, you didn't expect to get <laughs> exposed, did you? Now we know <laughs> Not the truth. really, no. <laughs> I didn't expect some, uh, you know, some therapeutic interpretations. Oh yeah, there's always a message. That's what's so cool. And once you 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 know you do a few, it's like I mean, um, 
it's you're just like blown away. You know, here, here, let me give you just a quick few, you know, with, with clients, all he had in his dream, all he could remember was a, was a three foot by six foot iPad, which is like huge, right? Like, come on, they don't even exist. And that was the whole thing in the dream. It's like, that's all I got. Well, the message is simply too much, too much EMFs, too much time uh, with the com- with the phone, with the computer, with the gaming. That's why it was enlarged. It was so big. It's monumental. It's too much, too much, taking up too much time, et cetera, et cetera. That's why it was oversized. Sure. So that one symbol presents him with a huge message for his his health, his wellness, his betterment. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And dreams are... Uh... They're really much more emphatic and important than we realize. In other words, we can get the pure truth from them, but you know, the old line, the truth can, can we handle the truth? (laughs) And everybody goes, oh yeah, I'm ready for the truth. And then you give them the truth and they're about to have an anxiety attack and sit on the sidewalk and cry. And that's, that's the truth Mm -hmm. because, and that comes through in dreams. And there's an interesting, uh, uh, there's an interesting part of dreams. It's called the sensor and there's a natural sensor. For example, I'm having a dream and in the dream, it's my uncle Jack and aunt Megan, but it's really not my uncle Jack and aunt Megan. It's really pertaining to me, but the dream has put a sensor on it. So I don't get hit too hard to where I at least can handle it by saying, Oh, it's, it's those people there. Because it's normally in dreams, it's it's other people. And the truth is, it's really all about us in a dream. And the more we can handle, the more the sensor will basically shut down, allow, allow the pure truth to come through. But we need to be able to handle the truth because <clears throat> mm-hmm. everyone says they're ready for the truth. But, you know, if whatever your belief, say your belief system is based on you know, the certain cultural beliefs and religious beliefs. And then you find out overnight that none of that is true. It's all mumbo jumbo. And here's the truth. And the dream gives you the truth. Well, there's a good chance for a year or so you're going to be on the edge of uh, needing to be put into an asylum because you couldn't handle it. So that's what the sensor does. That's why dreams are always kind of muffled and we have to figure them out using the sim the symbology in the dreams to figure out what it's really trying to tell us that's amazing i had not heard that before but that makes a lot of sense that yeah your dream's not going to ruin your life by uh presenting you with something you're not necessarily ready for but when you seek out the truth you know then then you'll find it. Does lucid dreaming work the same way? Do you guys interpret the lucid dreams the same way you would just a regular dream? We'll find out after a quick break. Welcome back, Crypt Keepers. Yes. Yes. Lucid dreams are like the one I had of Nicole and then uh, meeting her three years later really was a lucid dream. Very, all it is, is very clear, very exacting down to the color of the dress she was wearing and the color of her eyes. Hmm. Very lucid dream. And the dream simply was saying that uh, this was going to change my life. I would go another direction. We would end up writing books together and, and doing public speaking. And, and it was another whole direction in my life. So yeah, that's a, that's a lucid dream. Nicole had a very lucid dream one, one time you want to relate but, that. But hang on a minute though. I, I want to also talk about the other aspect of lucid dreaming. Maybe you're referring to when you actually pick, pick a, pick a, pick something in the room. Like tonight when I see the pillow or, or look in the corner and then you start taking control. Is that is that what you're talking about? Yeah. In terms of lucid? Yeah, I'm talking about like uh, the way that I, I lucid dream from time to time. And the way that it kind of works for me is I, I look down and I see my hands. And if I can mm-hmm. see my hands and move my hands, I know I'm in a dream. And 
I kind of get to pick where I want to go, what I want to do. You know, it's not just, at least in my experience, Mm -hmm. it's not just a completely open thing that I can do whatever, whenever, wherever. It's like, well, you're here. You can go through this door or that door. You can uh, choose to jump over this fence or you can choose to walk down the sidewalk. So it's not like a, uh, not like I'm in complete control of everything, but I do have some choices. But yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Right, right, right. Yes, yes, yes. I was going to say, um, and yes, would you interpret that in a different way? Actually, yes, because we're taking control. So it's not so much receiving that guidance, but it's really kind of a combo. You know, um, sure. and actually let's go a little further and call it soul travel. Okay. When you're really taking control. Okay. Here's the thing. When we sleep, we dream. All right. St. Paul said it. It's in the Bible dying daily. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dying daily. So when we sleep, we dream, even if we don't remember or believe it or know it, when we sleep, we dream, when we dream, we leave the body. We actually soul travel. We go to different dimensions. There's the physical plane and the astral plane and the causal plane and the mental plane and the soul plane. And and then the spiritual planes above, starting with the soul plane and above. And the planes below, like we just mentioned, and the etheric, these are planes of duality. Okay, so dying daily, leaving the body, soul traveling. Also with your lucid dreaming, taking control. That's a very... um, emphatic method of soul traveling actually and uh it's really pretty cool um and it really what it really shows is how much power we actually have and Mm. and really just let's just keep it with you Mm -hmm. it's showing you how much power you have to control and direct your whole world really you know, I don't awesome. know if you ever you ever watched like The Secret and Manifesting and, and all of those things. And it's really about our belief system and, and how much power, you know, everyone has the same amount of power. You probably heard this. It's just <clears throat> how much do we realize we have type of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the messages you can take from from your lucid dreaming is that, you know, you have a lot of, of power that you're, you know, um, experimenting with, actually. So it's fabulous. And the more we do it, the more control we get over it. In other words, um, through lucid dreaming, through controlling it, like you said, when you recognize your hand or maybe you set it up so you see a, a ring mm-hmm. or a uh, even a table that's in the room, you recognize it. And that's when we begin to wake up in the dream mm-hmm. and we realize, oh, it's just a dream, but there is no such thing as just a dream. I'm alive, awake and aware in another dimension because wherever we go when we dream is simply a travel log of where we have been dimensionally Hmm. and when we wake up and remember it we're remembering the travel log where we've been and the more we do it and uh, put it down in a journal it's very very important because it it not only journals it it grounds it it's kind of like electricity you know how you you can't really use the electricity unless you ground it in some way. Sure. Well, dreams are dreams are the same way. They need to be grounded. And when we write them down, we ground them here in this reality, the physical, the outer reality. So because where we're coming from maybe is in a dimension that really is not closely connected to this outer reality. But when we jot the words down, it grounds them here and pulls things together and makes us more awake and aware so we can control our dreams. And that's the, uh, yeah. And we, you know, reminds me, we, if everyone has trouble, like you guys had mentioned, remembering dreams, we got mm-hmm. a vibrational remote. It's, I'll call it a automatic remote. When you hit the button on this thing, it resets the channel on the dreams. So you wake up going, Oh my God, I remember my dreams. I remember my dreams. And we're going to share that uh, technique with you. And it's a toning technique. It's really a good one for going to the channel where we remember our dreams. Nick, you want to share that with them? Yeah, absolutely. We call it, okay, we call it one-step therapy. We call it one-step solution. And we call it one magic word. 
And it's all the same. And it's called Hue, H-U-Hue. Mm -hmm. And it's a technique. We're going to make a sound. I'm going to give you a demo. Then I'm going to explain it. Okay. H-U-Hue goes like this. Hue. That simple. You inhale. Hue on the exhale. Okay. Hue comes from the word human. The word human in the Oxford English Dictionary actually means and is originates from God-man, human, God-man or God within man, meaning we all have that spark. We all have that ability within us. Agreed. Human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in our research, we actually found the word hue in 14 different uh, religions and their sacred book. Even mm. the Freemasons, that's their secret word. And mm. we found it in the Kabbalah and everything from the Bible all the way to modern day uh, religion known as Ekinkar, the word hue. So, um, so it's been around and people just once again are not using, you know, these, these fabulous tools that we've had long ago. Even the Sphinx was originally named hue and they used to hue at the Sphinx as a society from dusk till dawn. Yes. To keep things humming, literally. Yeah, the Greeks came in and changed it. It was called the Hue originally 5,000 years ago. The Greeks came in and changed the name of it to Sphinx, which means unknown. Hmm. But it had always been referred to as Hue. And they used to gather there and Hue from dusk till dawn for 12 hours. It's interesting. We were doing a, filming a TV show in New York a few years back. And we went on a break. Everybody was taking a break and one of the cameramen came over to us and said, wow, I haven't heard that word in a long time, Hugh. And, you know, so Nicole and I said, well, where did you hear that? Mm -hmm. Because most people have never heard of it. Sure. And he said, I'm a Druid. Oh. And I said, a Druid? My God, I've never known a Druid. <laughs> <laughs> he said, yeah, we, as Druids, we, uh, we use the Hugh also. So it was kind of interesting, the uh, history as yeah. it came forward. Yeah, yeah. So, but let's bring it up to modern day. So, one-step therapy. As a psychologist, you know, I've been doing counseling sessions for 25 years, and I always share the hue as a tool with the clients for insomnia, stress, anxiety, depression, suicide, PTSD. Um, let's get, let's lower our dose of Suboxone, of methadone. We want to quit smoking, you know, sure. et cetera, et cetera. It's the hue. It, that's why we call it the one-step therapy or one-step solution. And so let's say people aren't ready. You know, I've been on my methadone dose for eight years. I'm not coming down. Are you kidding? And hey, I don't blame you. So I say just add the hue daily mm -hmm. and don't worry about it. It'll take care of itself. And then the miracles happen. People all of a sudden... Like I said, been on the same dose for eight years. And, uh, you know, I want to bring my dose down or I'm not smoking as much. I'm not so mad. We're not, me and my girlfriend, we're not arguing as much. Like all these things occur just by hewing. So it like works on you without you working on you. Sure. It's the most amazing. I mean, we, we, we put it to the challenge, like the hue challenge. Um, just add the hue and you can do it silently or out loud. That means you can do it anywhere. You can do it while you're driving. You can do it while you're in the living room and your girlfriend and you guys are watching a movie. You could hew for a minute. No one will even know type of thing. That's, you know, the silent version, sure. certainly. And um, you'll feel the vibration. You'll feel the difference, the peace or the serenity. I mean, Michael's got a great uh, Vietnam story with the, with the hue. Michael? Yeah, the uh, I would, did a year in Vietnam, 68, 69. Mm. Uh, crazy years over there. Yeah. It was like a wide open, wild, wild west. Well, thanks <laughs> so, for your service. That's, yeah. that's a, you know, we, we oh, worry no. about the soldiers because they see so much bad stuff and, you know, they give everything they can give. And yeah. it's just sad to see, you know, some people come back with such bad PTSD and stuff. So yeah. How, how did that work for you? It, uh, came back and at the, at the time the the VA didn't really have a handle on how to treat severe PTSD which I I'd been in the infantry and I'd you know been in firefights and stuff so I had pretty bad PTSD any loud sounds or anything and also nightmares I was having uh flashbacks and nightmares I I'd, I'd wake up on the living room floor with uh an automatic weapon in my hand I just wonder I didn't shoot myself or somebody else anyway um, the way I dealt with it directly 
rather than with doctors and the VA. And I, I tried that and they weren't sure what to do for it or medications. I found the hue and I started hewing every day for 20 to 30 minutes. And what I found was it dramatically impacted and reduced the anxiety, the depression, the suicidal ideation, the fear, and the nightmares. They all eventually subsided and went away. So, and it was directly with the use of the hue, the vibrational mm-hmm. toning technique, because yeah. it, it's really very, very powerful. I mean, we have, a, you know, I've got a thousand stories, not only my own, but other people who they uh, are, we're on the ragged edge. We've had people get our, get our number off the web and they're in some other state and they got a gun to their head, literally, or they're ready to jump off a cliff. Yeah. You know, what can you, what can you do for someone like that? Well, we give them the hue in the moment mm-hmm. and they would always the next day or a couple of days later, get a hold of us and say, Oh my God, thank you for sharing the hue because it, it saved my life. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's that, uh, it's that powerful. So bottom line, you didn't use any therapy. You didn't use any right. meds. All you did was hue yeah. and the PTSD resolved itself. And additionally, it just reminded me of a client I had. Um, let's see last December he started and we went, we were together to like, I don't know, May or June. So like six months, roughly. And he too is a Vietnam vet. He never had any treatment. And while he was over there, he was in a Jeep, just a regular Jeep. And he, the Jeep was, he was run over by a tank, not a Humvee, but a tank wow. ran over the Jeep. Yes, 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 yes. So I'm not even going to get into the graphic sure. story of the whole thing, but he had such PTSD for the, since, since Nam, we're talking up until last December where, you know, like, um, the, the, the gasoline smell, he'd, he'd throw up walking down the sidewalk. I mean, this was regular and drinking every night and nightmares three times a week. I mean, this has been going on since he left Vietnam. Okay. Up until December, then we start working together and I share the hue. I told him Michael's story, you know, veteran to veteran. And, you know, because we've worked with other vets as well. But anyway, I shared that, shared the hue. He started hewing within six months. No more nightmares. Literally, I'm not even exaggerating, guys. Okay, no meds and just just the hue. and, And we would talk once a week. No more alcohol. No more nightmares. No more PTSD. The marriage, well, he had a good marriage anyway, but it even improved because everything else improved. Sure. Like all from the hue. And this guy has been dealing with this since he was in Nam. Mm. So it's like, holy moly. It's like, you know, the one thing that really does work and it doesn't matter what the problem is. So, so yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I, you know, I tried the hue. Um, I've been going through some uh, stuff where my mom's been sick and it's just been very frustrating. And so I tried it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to set my timer for three minutes. And I, I not only did I do the deep breathing, but I, I did the tone as well. But the tone, it doesn't matter if you're like in E flat or, you know, anything like that. It's just the act of doing it, right? Is there a wrong tone that you can hear? No. Your own pitch is perfect. Why does this work so much better than just deep breathing exercises? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. We didn't even get into the physics of it. Yeah. Okay, here we go. I'll jump in, then Michael can take over. Okay. Because he just loves his quantum physics. Okay, so anyway, you've got your central nervous system comprised of cells, comprised of, you know, atoms and subatomic particles. That's all we are, is energy that vibrates at a certain rate and frequency, okay? So the hue vibration, when you hue, even if you do it silently, um, it affects the central nervous system. It affects the atoms and subatomic particles. It really realigns everything okay. at the center, at that level. Just like if you, you've got a car and you tune up the car, you change the spark plugs so it runs smoother and starts humming. Well, the same thing, the hue does that for us. It literally takes over and starts realigning the atoms so you've got a better vibe because, you know, you'll meet people and it's like, oh, my God, they have a real good vibe or a bad vibe. I'm sure you've said that or thought that. Of course. 
when you meet certain people and you're literally picking up on their vibe, on their vibration, on the, the mm-hmm. rate and frequency at which they're vibing. And it's either harmonious or it's not. Mm-hmm. And it's very apparent. But that's what the hue does. It realigns and brings that harmony in. Michael, did you want to add anything to that? It's just uh, simple quantum physics. <laughs> and everyone would say there is no simple quantum physics. <laughs> oh, yeah. There. Actually, if you really get into studying quantum physics, and uh, I've been, you know, I read as a, I'm not a physicist, but I've been reading for 20 some years in quantum. And uh, sure. it's, it, everything's like Nick said, everything's a vibration. Everything is a vibration in the universe. And really, that's all there really is, is vibration. So when we hue, we essentially realign all of our subatomic particles instantly. They come into alignment. They come into alignment. They were they were out of kilter, out of alignment sure. before due to all the distractions and the anger and the resentment and the rage and everything that goes on on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. When we hue, everything comes back into alignment. And um, also, it's a hologram. And, you know, people wonder, well, how can you how can you get there from here? Well, there's nowhere really we ha- have to go because it's holographic. Mm-hmm. Everything is a large hologram. We have access to everything. Mm-hmm. So when we hew, basically, we're realigning our hologram, our, re- our reality, if you want to call it that. We're part of it. We're a spark of that. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, we, uh, we're, we're more focused. We're more grounded. We're able to heal ourselves. I've healed myself so many times using the hue. I can't even, I mean, I'm, I'm talking serious healing. <laughs> May the blessings yeah. be. So um, you can, you can, the hue does that. And uh, it does it automatically because it's an ancient sacred sound that has been around uh, forever. And I used to, uh, when I was in high school, I went to a, um, private high school taught by the Jesuits and they're pretty hardcore. They're all, they all have their doctorate, etc. And, uh, mm-hmm. it was an all, all boys school taught by the Jesuits. And I, I often asked the, I asked them, I said, father, you know, if you open the Bible to the beginning and it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. I said, what was that word? What was that word? And, and they'd just look at me and go, well, I don't know. <laughs> and they all had, they were all very smart and had PhDs and it was like, no one could ever answer it. And I never really believed that I'd found the word until I found Hugh. And it said, Hugh went all the way back to the beginning. And it's, it's the sound that created everything. Mm-hmm. Then when I, when I put that together, suddenly I realized why the Hugh was so powerful. And in other words, I am the Hugh. Mm-hmm. If I'm resonating like inwardly and outwardly, suddenly I come into all my power. I come into all my healing. Everything realigns. So that's why it works so well. And it's, it's I've tried all the words. I've, you know, I've tried. I, I was a Sikh for a while and a Buddhist and a Catholic and a you name it. <laughs> bounced because I couldn't find what I needed to find. But suddenly... I found the hue, and that was the one thing I'd really been looking for. Okay, so here's the deal. Okay. All right, so we talked about dreams, and we talked about the hue, and we talked about intuition, Mm -hmm. signs, synchronicity, uh, serendipity, uh, coincidence. I don't care what word we use. Bottom line, here we go. How do you know there's a message? Okay, there's a surefire way and and a way to interpret. Okay. If, if you experience, if someone experiences a coincidence, which is two events occurring simultaneously, etc. Okay. Or if something occurs that is so bizarre and it catches your attention because it's so bizarre, there's a message, not just because, oh, my shoe's untied. What's that? No, 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 no. This stuff is real practical and it's real simple and common sense. Okay. So again, if you see a coincidence or something totally bizarre happens, there's a message. All right. So let me give you a couple examples. A friend of ours 
back when we lived in Phoenix, she woke up and her palm tree in the front yard was laying, it was laying across the front yard. It was on the ground. The palm tree fell over. Oh no. And she's like, well, totally bizarre. That's how it caught her attention. She's like, what's going on? What's the message? Cause that's what, that's our catchphrase. What's the message with everything? What's the message? Sure. Okay. So I said, well, most likely your life is about to be uprooted in some fashion. It doesn't mean it's a negative thing. It's just giving you a little heads up something you're going to, your life's going to be uprooted within one month. Her husband got a promotion and they moved across the country. Um, like, you know, like 60 days later. So boom. Yes, yes, yes. It was, there was a definite message there and it was uprooted. So often it goes back to literal interpretations or word association, just like you would interpret a dream is how you can interpret a sign. I'll give you a couple examples. Um, there was a client and signed a contract and it should have been for a year. And instead the contract ended. The date was uh, two months later. And the, so the message, so the person noticed this and the message was simply that the job's going to be, it's going to end. It's short term. It's going to be shorter than you think, mm-hmm. shorter than you think. And certainly that's, that's what happened. Actually, five weeks later, the, uh, the job end ended. So it was really quick, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, so something bizarre or a coincidence like Michael with me walking back to the car and the license plate KRW initials of his, you know, ex-wife. And again, it goes back to the user to interpret like you were, you mentioned some people would think that's very negative. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's why it's, it's up to the user to really interpret because no one knows mm-hmm. you or your stuff as much as you do. And all the, the, the fine, the finer details around that thing. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, and they're all, and they're all connected. Uh, Carl Jung did a whole bunch of, he wrote a bunch of books on coincidence, spent half his life on them. And they were, you know, two events that are a causal. In other words, they're not connected in any way that people can connect them. Seemingly. Seemingly. Sure. And there's a, uh, it was a quantum physicist. His name was John Bell. About 50 years ago, 50, 60 years ago, he proved, he literally proved through the math, through quantum math, which shook the uh, the whole discipline at the time, that everything was connected. We know now everything is connected inwardly in, in the quantum sense, at the, at the micro level, at the subatomic particle level. Everything is connected. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we look around outwardly here, we say, well, that couch isn't connected to a car sitting in New York. Oh, yeah, it is. We just can't make the connection, mm-hmm. but it's connected. And that's how coincidence, back to what Nick was saying, that's how coincidence works. They're all, everything is connected. So as we start looking at the coincidence and asking ourselves, hmm, what's the message suddenly we'll get more coincidence. Things will begin to light up for us. And they've always been lit up. It's just that I haven't been awake or aware enough to notice it. I've been too numb and dumb, stumbling down the street, paying attention to the traffic. Wow, there's a lot of traffic today. (laughs) That sort of thing, you know? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and let me say one last thing to your to your listeners. Of course. You know, because a client um, the other day, uh, he said, you know, I, I have schizophrenia tendencies. So I, I noticed, like, I think I should, um, he was meditating far too long, you know, like an hour a day. Oh, and you should only do 20 minutes and no more. And really the hue isn't a meditation. Meditation is like trying to go blank with your mind, but the hue is more of a contemplation. Okay. And it actually works even better if you think of something that makes you happy or something you love while you're hewing. So we're not trying to go blank. I mean, if you can, and that's helpful, that's great too. But as Westerners, we're not even built that way. That's an Eastern thing sure. to go, you know, to still the mind and sit and do all this. So the hue, can, you can be very active with your hewing is what I wanting to say. But back to that client, I just wanted to mention to the, because um, Michael mentioned the connections. Mm-hmm. We don't want anyone to get overloaded, you know, things start lighting up and that's great. If, if, if it's too much ever 
for anyone. You can literally slow it down. You can literally, you tell, you, you can tell your higher self or whatever word we like, Jesus or Buddha or God or the universe. Mm-hmm. And again, or higher self, hey, I'm going to slow this down, literally, and it will slow down. So if anyone is is too amped up or or they got too much coming in, I just want them to know they can control that as well and say it's a little too much. I want to slow it down a little and things will slow down. We don't want anyone, you know, getting overloaded with, with too much um, truth. truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, you guys have such a, a wonderful thing to share. And I know that we have a lot of listeners that are veterans, not necessarily of Vietnam, but, you know, every mm-hmm. war is mm-hmm. tragic. Right. And it seems like you would be a perfect resource for our listeners who are struggling with, you know, wartime PTSD. And, you know, that's, that's one of the best gifts you can, you can give, but what is the worst possible thing that could happen if you try hewing? Nothing, right? Oh, right. So, right, so why, right. why wouldn't you give it a shot? I did. It worked for me when I was doing it. I did close my eyes and it just kind of like in my mind, I didn't try to focus on like a a photo or whatever of the universe, but that's just kind of what popped into my mind. Like I was seeing kind of everything at once. Is that common? Well, you know, it's not uncommon. Let me just start there. Um, we're, we're so unique that everyone, you know, has their own experiences, but that's really badass. Now, whoa. Yeah, it was, it worked great. It was the first time I tried it, you know, it was the first time, but I do think it's great that you're telling people that you don't have to do this six hours a day to make a difference, right? You know, you can only tune your car up every so often. If you, if you waited, wait a couple of days and put new spark plugs in again, it's not going to be any better than it was when you put the new ones in two days ago. (laughs) Nice. Yes. Yes. Well, I I like your experience because it, it was an expansion of consciousness is what it was. Things kind of things opened up for you. Um, and really that's the, the goal of, uh, hewing in, 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 in one sense it is, um, it's to expand our consciousness. Mm -hmm. So we see the, so we see the bigger picture. It's like this. Um, I remember when I was in Vietnam because I was in a a triple canopy jungle up North, Mm. Um, and, and, you know, it was a nice jungle. All right. <laughs> but when, when, when I would come and go for different reasons, I it, I, a chopper would pick me up a helicopter and a chopper would br- bring me back. And when I was up above the, the triple canopy, I'm looking down, I go, wow, what a different view. I could see everything and, and see what it was really like. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why we hew to get that expanded consciousness. So we become aware of um, things that have always been there, but we, we haven't noticed them or seen them because we've been too, uh, focused on the daily routines and closed down. So mm. we need to breathe, hue and expand our consciousness. Well, you have been so gracious with your time and your knowledge. We really appreciate it. Can you tell the listeners where they can find you, where they can get your books and everything one more time? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's just go with either onestepptherapy.com, and that's a number one, or nevergetblindsidedagain.com. And that's the same with the Instagram, never get blindsided again. And uh, yeah, for people that, you know, want to work on their own, that's why we did the books, do it yourself style. It's all the techniques and stories, and um, yeah, real simplified. Oh, it's the, the stuff is just too cool. And, it, you know, it's on autopilot 24-7. While you're awake, there's signs, coincidence, what have you. Mm-hmm. And while you're sleeping, there's dreams that occur all night long, even though, you know, they they only think, you know, we dream a little bit. No, you dream all night long. And um, and then there's also intuition while you're awake. So it's, it's a 24-7 system of constant and perfect guidance. So you don't get burned. You don't get blindsided. You can make a better decision. 
and you can improve your life. It's it, and like we said, you know, it's on autopilot, so you might as well, you know, track your data and see what's up. <laughs> and you don't even have to use use the answers or the guidance. You can just kind of track it. it. Sure. And then it's kind of like experimenting with it and see what's up. And then you'll get real confident. You'll go, oh my God, this stuff is real. And it it works that way. So so yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for joining us tonight and you all have a wonderful evening. Uh, thanks, hey, for thanks. Having thanks for having us. Have a good one. Thanks. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. That's all we've got for you tonight on Cryptique. Here's what you need to know. Email us your thoughts, suggestions, questions, concerns, comments, your dreams. Let us know about your dreams at crypticpodcast at gmail.com. You can find all our merch at crypticpodcaststore.com. We've got some new stuff up on the Wendigo, and we're going to pretty soon here be having an episode on Atlantis, and there will be a t-shirt available too, so check that out. You can buy us a coffee. That link is in the show notes. The socials are TikTok at Cryptique underscore podcast, YouTube at Cryptique podcast, X is at podcast evil. All the other links will be in the notes. And remember, dreams are like stars. You may never touch them, but if you follow them, they will lead you to your destiny. Good evening, Crypt Keepers.